0: Murray, when you bring me out, can you introduce me as Cruella? <laughs> this is spoilers.
1: <laughs> this is oh her. my goodness. Cruella
2: Deville, Cruella Deville. She's born to be bad, so run for the heavens. Stevie, you can't do a
1: Joaquin. I can't accent. do a Joaquin. I, I just can't do it. I thought about it, and my brain said, no way, man. Absolutely no way. But this is Stevie, uh, and tonight is a very special episode because, Pap, we're doing a new movie.
2: It feels like it's been a long time since we've like gone to the theater once, seen the movie, come together to the podcast. I don't know where you guys watched it, but this is my first time back in theaters, and it was nice. It felt good.
1: Dude, I was in the theater, too. It was great. That's actually a really good point you bring up. So let's go from... Oh, let's... Well, you guys are all out west. Uh, Tell you what, let's go Pappy, uh, Corey, and then special guest Pixie, Bomber, a.k.a. Renee. Um, Then, uh, let's go with that order and talk about what you've missed most about the movies, or going to the theater.
2: Alright, this is Pappy, recording from... Louisville Colorado quasi east to west tonight many podcasters west of the Mississippi tonight very exciting for us out here Um, (laughs) I got the lone wolf you know what I love this is a weird one because I'm gonna gonna, there's some low-hanging fruit I'm gonna leave out there but I was just thinking about this today I love the way that I feel when I'm like leaving the movie theater like I feel like I'm usually like like really relaxed and I love that I love that feeling when you go into a movie and it's like seven o'clock and it's still bright outside and you leave the movie and it's like nighttime and like that all happened like while you're in the movie theater. I fucking love that shit. So just the like feeling of coming out of a good movie and then texting you right away about it, like that's that's one of my favorite things. That's kind of the origin story of spoilers, actually. We used to, It really is. We used to call each other after every single movie we saw basically like you'd be on a date that's how this
1: podcast started you'd be
2: on a date with your like then girlfriend lauren or something you'd be like call all right i gotta call pappy uh (laughs) tell him about the movie i saw (laughs) you dial you don't say hello you give a spoiler
1: like i think it actually started with what john wick pap we were doing it for years i don't even remember yeah i think john wick was like one of the first one where i was like hey you need to like go see this movie right now And many years later, and almost four movies later, we're still doing it, so check us out.
2: That and the reclining seats, those two things.
0: They're so nice. Gotta love them. They're so nice. This is Corey, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I also went to the theater to see this, took my kid, it was a great time. Uh, The thing I miss most about going to a movie theater, it's kind of hard to say on the spot, but um, probably, you know... Creeping up to a boomer mid movie while they're on their phone, <laughs> tapping with like the click sounds on, and just slapping that shit right the fuck out of their hands.
2: That's awesome. We all
1: missed that. Yeah. Have any guys ever yelled at anybody in the theater?
3: No.
0: No, I try not to do that. I, dude, I have this like temper problem. Like, if I get hot, I can't come back down. So like I really, really try to avoid getting to that level, especially in an environment where
2: I'm like with my family. One time when I was in Minneapolis with my sister, uh, we were going to see the midnight showing of The Shining, and she was like really scared because she like wasn't into scary movies, and like the people next to us. We're like definitely tripping on acid or like shrooms or something. Like we're being all like <laughs> oh talking to the movie. And my sister just goes over to me. And goes, Are you going to fucking talk the whole movie <laughs> or something like that? And like they shut up right away. Uh, it was very impressive by Kelsey. I
1: only did it one time. And I'm not a confrontational person at all. But right when Jordan Peele's Us came out. I think it was like the Saturday after it came out. So excited to see it. Pack Theater. I got tickets late. So I got like the second row. So I'm already looking up. And this couple next to me, I swear to God, were doing a live commentary podcast. <laughs> I mean, they were going into like tangents that were barely related to the movie itself. And I remember thinking to myself, it's do or die time because I can't sit here for two hours and listen to this. So I turned over and I made like a, like a loud clearing throat noise and they kept going. <laughs> and my wife kind of tapped me on the shoulder, like, please don't, please don't. And I just said, shut the fuck up. And they stopped. And that was the only time I've ever done that.
2: I like how it goes from zero to a thousand, though. No, We're never like, please be quiet. It's just like, shut the <laughs> <No>. fuck up. <laughs> Slap like, that shit out of people's it hands. A, like,
1: it's so aggressive. It, it was just so aggressive. I've never heard a couple like talk. Like, I mean, I swear to God, they were doing live commentaries. It was absolutely insane. But let's dive into this movie. Well, we got to do Pixie, right? Oh, crap. I totally stepped over that.
3: The last time I was in the theater was the last time I was on the podcast which means it's a Disney film, Uh which is crazy that I've been in the theaters only to see Disney films. It's not that I haven't (laughs) given Disney enough of my money. I literally have a Disney tattoo on my body, so it has my soul. But for this film, I specifically chose to see it in theater because I wanted to see the costumes in that giant format, and I wanted that soundtrack in its large glory. I didn't want to subject it to my living room with the train. I didn't want to subject it to my TV. I wanted like to feel it all in my soul.
1: On that note, did you appreciate the fashion in this movie? Because I feel like this movie really focused on that element. Oh,
3: did I? I appreciate it so much that my friends immediately were telling me that the one of the dresses from Cruella is coming to Museum of Pop Culture, which has the Disney collection. The dress will be in Seattle, where I'm at, For a limited time. And I was putting off going to Museum of Pop Culture. Just dragging my feet. Because I have been busy. But I am prioritizing. And I am going. The weekend after this podcast drops. And I am making an effort. To get as close as legally possible. To one of the gowns. From this movie.
1: Nice. Very, very cool. Um, So let's go ahead and just dive on into this movie. Even more. Pat, did you appreciate kind of the adjacent storyline they took with Cruella versus just doing a shot-for-shot remake like they did with Lion King?
2: No, I wish it was a shot-for-shot remake with more <laughs> CGI dogs. Um, I mean, this is more of the Maleficent type, right? Like sort of the origin story of the famous mm-hmm. Disney villain. So giving this some context. like Are, are there other villains that you could see getting this treatment at all? Like maybe would they do like an Ursula
1: one? scar but they have to have to be humans like dressed up as like a lion costume i think that Fro-lo. would work best i can't see Fro-lo. them
3: doing that with lion king maybe ursula but um little mermaid is getting the live action remake so i don't know what exactly they're going to do
2: with maybe that like one maybe a hades
0: from hercules no, frollo i'm telling you frollo frollo <laughs> it's all sex songs about
2: wanting to fuck
1: women the darkest movie <laughs> disney will ever make
2: um but I, I feel like this movie has a reason to exist more so than those live action remakes, right? Like given the choice between the two, if we're going to dig into the Disney canon and like produce something new, if we're, gonna, if we're mining that field, then I would rather it be like, you know, a new take on a character, an origin story on a character than, yeah, a CGI lions talking to each other. Damn,
0: you guys hate that Lion King shit, don't you?
2: <laughs>
1: I really don't <laughs> like it. Oh my I, it's, gosh. I,
3: did not
2: like it. So pointless. That,
1: that movie is so hard to watch. And there is no point for it to exist besides for money. Like Pap said, this movie has a reason to exist. Now, Kylo, you're known as kind of the king of comedy when it comes to this podcast. <laughs> That's not true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you at least like this movie? Fuck yeah, dude. Good. Yeah.
0: Go. <laughs> I like a lot of things about this movie. You know, this this is a movie that I did not expect to like. And I thought it was funny. I know mean, we had the intro spoiler that it was it was marketed like the like the Joker, right? It was It like, really was. <laughs> it was like the PG Joker. Um it's not quite that. And uh that's a good thing, I think. This movie very much stands on its own. Um but I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm not that familiar with this end of things, like where does the hundred and one Dalmatians animated movie stand, like in terms of quality amongst like the Disney animated features?
2: That's an interesting question because I think I had it way higher on my list than anybody else when we did our ranking. I had it like in I the I think teens. you had it in the
1: teens, didn't you, Pat? Yeah,
2: I think it's I, I I like the uh it's very stylistic, right? It's very jazzy, so I feel like it's either you love it or you hate oh, it. Oh yeah, you were trolling into the But I, thing. I, I appreciate that about it. <laughs> um i think it's i mean it's regarded as a classic i don't know where you guys had it
3: i had it in my top 30 but it wasn't higher than 20 so that's not
0: like one of the all-time greats right oh god no so there's there's room for like more story there's room for improvement probably right that's the idea behind it like um you take a movie like lion king like it's already like one of the greatest right so if you do that you're just Mm -hmm. making something that there's already a better version of
2: and there's always going to be but you're not it's not like you're starting from zero though right because 101 dalmatians does have one of the best disney villains and even when they did the live action remake in the 90s glenn close is like the focus of all the marketing material right they're they're putting the emphasis on cruella even back then and one of the best disney songs
3: and that live action is one of my favorite live actions too and it's, an old, it's the 90s version, and it's still one of my favorite live actions because it was so well done.
1: Was Jeff Daniels in that? I
0: think so, yeah. The only thing I remember is Glenn Close, so yeah, I guess she had quite an
1: impact. I think this movie is... I don't know, I just... Uh, as far as live action Disney movies go, uh, I thought Mulan would break me for the rest of time considering how much I hated that movie. And the directions uh, they were going with it, uh, it, um, yeah, Mulan nearly broke me on those. I don't <laughs> understand how they even made that movie possible. And this movie, I think, is a great return to form. And my Renee, my question to you is: um, <laughs> You're a big fan of that of this soundtrack, Stevie. You hated the soundtrack. <gasps> you complained to me about it. You guys didn't find the soundtrack
0: overbloated at all? At times, yeah, but for the most part, I liked it.
1: This to me is one of the fattest soundtracks I've ever heard in my life.
2: It was a little too inconsistent for me on the whole. Like, I, obviously, all of the musicians or songs had some sort of like English roots to them, but they they had everything from like car wash to like like more London punk stuff car wash was like
0: the bottom of the that was like the low moment for me i was like all right, too heavy handed yeah but you
1: you liked it though renee you liked the rest though
3: there was some of it there was the one where she was drunk walking through and she was singing along to the song but she was just offbeat enough because she was drunk i thought that these
2: boots were made for walking she was just (laughs) pop enough
3: that i really liked it where i'm like okay you know it's But there were certain songs that were well timed with the story that the songs were giving new exposition that I thought sometimes there was like a little too much exposition and they could have used some editing and the songs could have just done the exposition for you. So it gave me the musical feel that I wanted from Disney. And I think that's why I liked it because it gave me that that Disney musical-esque aesthetic to it. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Where I didn't get that from Mulan, I wasn't getting the musical and the stories, and I was getting that from the the, the soundtrack here, and it was giving me that that callback to the old Disney movies where the songs were driving it.
0: That's a good point. Like it's a musical in nature, due to without the,
3: being a musical, the
0: heavy
2: soundtrack, yeah, yeah. like a jukebox musical, like Mulan Rouge. Correct. Future big dumb movie episode. That one. Hopefully. I got a question for you, Stevie. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of the other live action remakes in recent times. Why do all of them have shitty CGI dogs? And why do the dogs... I don't know. ...have this weird uncanny valley about them? Why can't they get the dogs right? Because everything else, like the environmental CGI
1: looks great. A lot
2: of the animals look great, but not the dogs. The dogs always look so fake.
1: Well, I think that's on purpose, honestly. Uh... <sighs> I mean, you're taking... Everybody loves dogs. You know, everyone loves dogs. I think them making them look like hyper-realistic would only be a negative. So I think making them almost look outlandishly fake is probably a positive in their eyes. Because the Dalmatians looked so fake. And that, to me, wasn't a negative, honestly. It just said to me that these, you know, dogs are somewhat villains.
0: I like dogs if they have a little eye patch, you know?
1: you like Winky? <laughs>
0: the dog is cute. <laughs> so cute, man. I'm telling you. That little dog. He got Did me. you
1: love the, the heist? Like with the necklace and wink, like dressed dress up as a giant rat? Oh, fuck yeah.
3: I did like Winky as a giant rat.
1: That The dude that, that's handling Winky, forget his character name.
0: Uh, the guy that's always like, what's
2: the Horace. angle? Horace? Yeah.
0: He's funny, man. He's
2: really funny. Paul Walterhausen, I think is the actor's name.
3: Mm-hmm. He's definitely been doing a lot of movies recently. I'm glad that he was, I mean, he was so well cast.
0: I mean, he was great in I, Tanya. This is the same director Correct. that did I, Tanya. And he was in
3: Black Klansman, too.
0: Definitely. Uh, I, I love seeing him run around on that heist. And and the, to me, like, one of the highlights of the heist is getting to see, the, uh, you know, C- Cruella in her true form. And we see more and more of that. But that's the first appearance, and it's a, it's a good reveal. And she looks great. And a lot of things in this movie look great, but she's one of the big ones. I, I, Emma Stone, all, all goth out like that, it uh reawoken something. In
2: <laughs> <one>. <laughs> what, what I love too is just sort, sort of the vibe of the heist as well. Like all those other live action remakes that we mentioned, not to hype on those too much, but they all take themselves so seriously, right? Like even Aladdin, the, the changes that they made seem to be more, more serious, and Mulan was so serious, and the Lion King yeah. one's so serious, and the Dumbo one's just a fucking shit show. It doesn't even know what, what <laughs> what's happening there.
3: I still haven't watched Dumbo. I've been scared to watch it.
2: Never watched Dumbo. Never. You're,
1: you're doing Dumbo. okay if you haven't seen
0: it, dude. I was thinking after this movie came out, I was like, this could have been directed by Tim Burton, and it could
2: have been, uh, what's it, Helena Bonham Carter as? Like, <laughs> oh, I no. bet that idea was
0: like tossed around. Hopefully,
2: tossed into the trash can. But like, the vibe of the heist is so like fun you know what I mean like the movie's having fun with itself they have a big board with like a bunch of like clippings and like arrows and stuff like with their plans or whatever it's it's just a good time like though even the the uh, the montage with the trash dress and everything that whole yes. montage is so fun uh, that montage kills dude
3: the trash dress ended up being 40 feet long and in, in perspective Princess Diana's veil was 25 feet long so that trash dress was hella long was
2: it real Like it was an actual...
3: (laughs) It was legitimately made 40 fucking feet long.
2: Wow. That's crazy.
3: And the costume designer is um, Jenny Beaven, who was the costume designer from Bad Max Fury Road.
2: What was that article you sent me?
3: So I sent you the article from Variety, where she is not getting credit for her work. And she designed all 47 of these looks. And she, um, her favorite actually looked doing a call back to the rat, her favorite look was doing the chihuahua and dressing it as a rat. That was, like, her favorite costume out of the whole
0: entire <laughs> thing, to be honest. That's got to be fun to make, yeah.
3: I know, right? Like, out of all of them, she's like, yeah, the dog. Um, but it was... Like doing, making a forty-foot gown that was so fluffy and so pastel, but then also so cult, coutured and so thing. Like she's not getting credit for it when Disney sold the rights for a company to sell and make um, it for sale to the general public. She's not getting anything.
0: Right, like the Cruella outfits are being made and Correct. sold, right, and she's
3: not getting anything. And I was looking into more details and I actually own some um, Birds of Prey inspired stuff by Her Universe Ooh. and turns out that designer is not getting credit for my, the sales that I purchased. Same thing as I was digging more into it so I unknowingly purchase into these items not realizing the designers aren't getting credit for me feeling passionate about it so I'm Realizing I'm stopping myself, I'm not buying any of the Cruella looks because Jenny Bevan's not getting credit for this stuff.
0: Well, it's it's like the writers that work for Marvel and DC, like the big companies. Like when you create a character and you work under them, they own it. Yep. So they do whatever the fuck they want with it, and you may or may not get like kickbacks from it. It's just mm-hmm. they if they decide they want to, they will.
3: Disney owns the right, not the writers, not the producers, nobody else. It is Disney. You relinquish it, and even um. D- jenny beaven's in her contract they're trying to get the rights and they try to get it and they can't get the rights
2: she's also in her 70s too which is like extra sad so it's like she's this legend it's like you know you can't help help her out with some target deals some target co-brands come on
3: correct she's been nominated 10 times for an oscar and she has won twice in her lifetime
2: i could see this winning oscar for sure
3: i want her to get nominated so bad for this
1: Pap, this movie has some legs to it. This movie is good. I mean, it's 135 minutes long. It's long. It didn't feel its length to me. This movie felt really kind of like frenetic, kinetic, like high energy go go the entire time.
2: It zips along. I was a little bit nervous at the beginning um, when it literally started with like the birth of Cruella. I'm like, oh, we're going. <laughs> oh, no. All the way back. But it's all. It's all semi-relevant, right, to the story and like who her birth mom is and everything. So it all it all works. Um, no, it didn't feel its length. Um, maybe around. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of kind of like back and forth with her henchmen, who are also the henchmen from the animated movie. What are their names?
1: Horace and uh, Jasper.
2: Which is sort of like their origin story mm-hmm. as well. Um, I I don't really understand. Like, what the angle is with them. Like, if they're just going to be totally sycophantic to Cruella, it's, what's the angle? It's weird, that they, the angle? It's weird mm-hmm. that they
1: have, like, uh, feelings.
3: It shows the tension, and it shows her character
1: development. It also gives us something to identify with instead of just, like, two, like, mindless henchmen. They actually fight back.
2: Uh, but they ultimately end up just doing it for what? Be- for free? Because of family. It, for family, family. For Corona. It's for family.
1: That makes sense.
3: There could have been a little bit of editing, but it—I don't know how much really would have made a difference.
2: Honestly, it felt good to like have a long-form content in the movie theater. Honestly, like an over two-hour movie, like it felt nice to get actually two-thirds of the way through the large popcorn instead of just like half of the way through the large popcorn.
1: The first half of this movie honestly felt like Goodfellas.
2: it
0: really did as long as
1: I can remember I've wanted to be a fashion designer I always wanted to be a gangster I mean honestly because like these like the songs throughout the movie like change like on a you know drop Mm -hmm. of a dime and also you have Cruella, older Cruella, narrating it the entire t- entire time, too. So it felt like a Goodfellas movie. And there's
2: that one chat, too, that goes into the basement of the yes! um, retail yes! place that feels like going into the Cabana Club. Coco Cabana, yeah. yeah. Which, isn't that what everyone said about I, Tanya too? Everyone's like, oh, that's a total ripoff of Goodfellas as well? Is this this guy's thing? He's done it again. Love Scorsese.
1: <laughs> Big Scorsese guy.
2: I, I want to say, uh, at the
0: beginning... Pappy, I had some, like, similar, like, concerns, like, when we introduced her. My my first concern was the hair. Like, she was born with the half, like, the Harvey Dent, like, half black, <laughs> half white hair. And then later on, when she meets, like, the fucking, her henchman, like, it's, I was thinking, like, what is there, like, an Oliver Twist gang in, like, every corner of London? As it kind of progressed, I kind of, like, picked up on the vibe. I was like, okay, this is, like, a slight cartoon, like, in a way, you know, like, the things that they can do, like, when it cuts and it shows Jasper, like, Spider-Man down and, like, put a job application <laughs> in the file, yeah. like, that's what this movie is. And as and when I got that, I accepted it and, it, and it became, like, way more comfortable with it. It's the vibe.
3: They did include a couple cartoony-esque elements, like, her literally driving the car just, like, from the cartoon. I mean, they did bring in... Little elements from the original cartoon into it that just really warmed my heart.
2: But not just little elements, too. The post-credit scene—it's like basically.
3: Oh, oh, they—they and her creating a Hell House, like where she knocks out the middle of it, and you see how it got its name. And then. I mean, I texted you, did you see the post credit scene? I mean, it was, I mean, they run it right, too, to the point of they're already in talks of doing a Cruella 2. There's, I mean, they're going
2: straight through. It's a
1: go, it's, it's greenlit. to be a Cruella 2, a thousand percent. Yeah, it got greenlit, full go. And the same director is attached.
2: Which makes me nervous, a little bit. I don't know how you feel, Stevie. That makes me a little nervous, because where do you go? It, it,
1: the logical thing would be... Ever since I was a girl in my 20s, I wanted to murder Dalmatians.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel mean, like that's where it's got to go, though, right? Like, cause they have Pongo and what's her name, per- Purdy. Purdy, and what's what are the Perdita. what are the owners' names? Uh, the Darlings. It's like Roger and something. They're gonna meet cute. It's gonna be hundred one Dalmatians. There's gonna be the talking dogs and the barking per- or uh, what's it called when all the dogs like bark in a chain or whatever. The telephone?
1: You're going to start a howl. Uh, they're going to start a howl, exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> I <don't>, does it <laughs> not make you nervous, though, that, that that's where it's headed?
1: Um, It doesn't make me nervous because going into this, I wanted to hate it. Just because of my track record with live-action Disney films of recent, because to me, they've always looked so clean. I mean, even somebody covered in dirt would look clean. And this movie just had a different look and vibe to it. And, I was
3: expecting you to hate it.
1: Yeah, I actually absolutely just adore this movie. It has actually a good look to us. So I think if it was the same director, uh, in you know Emma Stone at least, and Jasper and uh, Horace come back, we have that kind of continuity. And Mark Strong not playing a villain, uh, I think a two could work because I think they would do a story adjacent again, where it's not a meet cube but something far different. So,
0: that was the twist, right? That he wasn't the villain? Yeah, like, I thought
1: he was the villain the entire time. I thought he was the dad.
0: <laughs> I thought he was going to be like the
2: dad of Cruella. You thought you know, Mark was like him. the
1: secret lover? Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. at well, like
2: the beginning montage when it's like, mom had to stop somewhere and get some extra money I'm like, oh no, is this like a Forrest Gump type situation? Is that what we're headed to? But that was a big twist too. Your mother loves your education. (laughs)
0: You guys were talking about the Dalmatians a little bit. I had a slight concern when uh, her mom was killed by them. I thought this was going to be like the only involvement of Dalmatians in the movie and if that was the case, like I feel like that would have been a lot more stupid like. (laughs) You know, if she wanted to get revenge on Dalmatians for killing her mom. (laughs) I thought that's kind of where it was going, but uh, the writing was well
1: enough to not fall into that trap. Renee, I feel like they combined a lot of elements from, I mean, it's not the first one to do it, but a lot of elements from other movies. Did you kind of like the Devil Wears Prada relationship between Emma Stone Mm. and uh, Emma Thompson?
3: I did. I totally got a bunch of, um, that was actually one of my notes was as I was, walking through it I was like "Oh, to-. because of how her um, the power dynamic between um, the two characters was very much Devil Wars Prada where she was trying to gain her approval but also how her work outfit evolved as her character evolution mm-hmm. evolved too just like in Devil Wars Prada as she was growing and trying to gain approval I definitely got that feeling but also with the way that the tasks were given and assigned to her. I totally got
1: that from it. Yeah, I thought Emma Thompson absolutely killed it as the Baroness. She was such a joy to watch on screen.
3: And the when she saw the room full of duplicates, just the subtlety in her facial tics. Like, just watching her face just twitch. She didn't say anything, but you could just tell just the... the the reservation that she had in her body and that was all you saw was just her eye move where i mean it was just flawless <laughs> in that moment that was
2: some uh, v for vendetta vibes when they all show up wearing that <laughs> outfit but i i fucking uh-huh. loved it when they were getting out of the car and this got absolutely depleted by his security guard every time <laughs> just like spear tackled these women getting out of the car that was pretty funny fucking goldberg yeah, yeah that was some good shit <laughs> So silly, but it works.
3: That's the cartoony parts of it, where you just see him get
2: floored. Not to mention, at that same event, like the whole like conclusion of like how she does the trick, the fucking parachute. That's the most insane thing in any like live action remake I've seen.
1: That's- but it's not out of nowhere for this film. I think this film was zany enough by then to pull that off.
2: Believable. <sighs> Believable?
1: No. The- believable within
2: the for universe for yes. like, does it work within the universe <laughs> yes
3: you dresses yeah. that i make i have a five foot wide dress in my living room right now
1: they built a universe where that could exist
2: can you make a parachute renee
3: <laughs> i will try to make a parachute yes oh okay
2: <laughs> let's do that that'll be a special for the instagram we'll make a parachute and we'll see if we can like drop an egg or something <laughs> with it let's see if that'll work
3: um <laughs> When I go to my convention in two weeks, I will get on top of a table with my skirt and I will jump off. No, and I'll have somebody videotape okay. it for That's, you guys.
2: No, I, I don't want to get sued <laughs> by you. This podcast can barely afford to keep the lights on. We can't afford <laughs> litigation.
3: Somebody on Patreon just put in some money for Renee jumping off a table. It's not going to be a
2: Patreon anymore. It's going to be a GoFundMe for, our, for your <laughs> go medical fund bills. GoFundMe for the law.
3: GoFundPixie breaking her other ankle that has just is healing from her car accident. <laughs>
1: I also am not sure, I mean, I have to think this was intentional, I think Craig Gillespie did something really cool for the fact that anytime the Baroness like entered, you know, the room for work or at her palace or whatever, I felt like everybody stood still like mannequins, and I think that actually added to the aesthetic of this movie, of the simple fact that she was like the only one roaming in scenes and everyone else was super still.
3: She commanded the room.
1: Yes. I think that was a neat layer they added to this film.
3: And it wasn't until Corella would steal it from her in each of the scenes intentionally because of the way she commanded it. Corella intentionally in every way possible would have a weight in her punk-esque way to, you know, steal it back. I
2: and mean, this movie is really buoyed by having the two Emmas, right? I mean, like, it's two of the the best performances in any of these kind of movies in, like, a long, long time. And, like, a a caliber of...
3: They're powerhouses, each of them.
2: Caliber of both is crazy.
1: Kylo, did you like the kind of Baroness, Cruella twist? Because, I mean, they were breadcrumbing breadcrumbing something, obviously, throughout the entire film. Did you like how that ended up unfolding?
0: Uh, Yeah, I did. I liked Cruella's... um, uh, intelligence of the situation You know she was uh, Ahead of the game in terms of like How things were gonna play out and she was Ahead of me as an audience member I was like why is she going back To Estella To When she confronts her you know and it's revealed that That's her mom mm-hmm. She uh, she has reasons for it all She's planned it out you know she knows she's gonna get pushed Off this fucking thing she can't die Anyway she's you know she's Cruella the Blade Cruella the bullet Dodger but <laughs> i mean she she does survive death twice she's she's pretty good um but yeah i mean i i really did like it but more so than that i mean i was just really blown away by like the fashion in this movie and the overall look of it in general Mm -hmm. i mean that that was my big takeaway from this i mean i like the movie for a lot of things but the thing that stood out the most to me was the fashion within it. And it's obviously a movie about fashion designers and, like, high society Britain in the 70s. But not everyone is, like, a, a fashionista in this movie. Even, like, the, uh, the lower-level people, like the street guys, uh, the look of it is just incredible. Like you, and you can, you can identify these, like, period-accurate 70s male suits. You know, you, they, they have a certain look to them, and it's just executed so well.
1: Did you have a favorite outfit from the uh, film, Kylo? Uh,
0: I I like a lot of Cruella's uh, fancy outfits when she's doing her like performance art, publicity stunts, you know, and she's competing mm-hmm. with the Baroness. Uh, a lot of those stand out to me. I like the motorcycle uh, jacket that she has when she shows up, and it says the future on her face. Uh, it's just great. Like that's a whole. That's a very beautiful like moment. Like the way it looks, you know, with the smoke. Dissipating, and then you see her step in, and it, like it, it uh, zooms in on her face. It looks really good, and she looks really good. Did I mention that?
2: <laughs> uh, maybe a couple <laughs> times. I don't think you did. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Not at all. Didn't notice.
2: <laughs> I love uh, not just the the costumes, but the also the production design, particularly of Hell House. Um, a really good combination of like practical and CGI to create the to create the look. And there's one scene in there where Emma Thompson gets mad and she just picks up this chair and like Bob Knight tosses it and like this nails a maid <laughs> and she just goes, you are in the way. It's just so absurd know, and funny. No, poor maid. <laughs> it's just so silly to see. It's great.
3: And the maid was doing her job, like getting flowers arranged and actually like, you know, doing her off to, intentionally off to the side.
1: <laughs> that part actually was really funny. Going back to the outfits, I think my favorite outfit, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it was like um, like a black checkered skirt with a uh, kind of like black line jacket. you guys know what I'm talking about?
3: Where she says, I want to make art and trouble.
1: Yes. And she has like black gloves too. That outfit reminded me a lot of Cersei from season six after she blows up um, the scepter or whatever. I absolutely love that outfit. And I thought the fashion in this film was outstanding. And the way, like, Pixie, would you say that she had uh, 47 outfits in this film?
3: Just 47.
1: Just 47. My God, it's like a shared concert in two hours.
2: <laughs> hey, that's good. Corey, did you like the mini skirt outfit Stevie's talking about?
1: <laughs> I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to understate, you know, in an audio only podcast, but it, it, the outfits are just beautiful in this movie. So well designed. Like, This is going to influence conventions for the next five years easily. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. I'm sure Pixie already has her outfit ready to go.
3: No, I don't. That's the problem.
0: (laughs) Got to get on that sewing machine.
3: People have been sending me, like, photos, and I've been avoiding it, like, because I don't, I didn't want spoilers of the movie, so I've been avoiding pictures of these for the longest time and avoiding trailers until I saw the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you follow any cosplayers on Instagram, just watch them for the next few months, you know?
3: My house is not big enough. Actually, I could probably do it. My house is not big enough for what I want to do.
2: Corey, if you had to bet now what's going to win or what's more likely to win costume for best Oscar, without having seen it, would you say Cruella or Dune? You know, Oscars are so fucking weird. I don't understand them at all. (laughs) There's nothing to understand. It's random.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They don't even know what they're doing. Here's one thing that I said after I was done with the movie. I said, I hope that the Academy doesn't forget about this movie come Oscar season. Because we just had the Oscars, right? Usually Oscar movies come close to the Oscars. And this is very far away from the Oscars. So I just hope it's not forgotten about.
3: I think Disney will campaign. Oh,
2: that's what they do best. (laughs) They're definitely going to (laughs) campaign. The favorite thing.
3: Disney's going to drop their money on this
2: one. They want an endgame to get a best picture nomination yeah though for yeah. sure uh, but this has a good chance too because this reminds me of something like black panther where it's just a little bit outside of the traditional you know like period piece drama with fancy dresses uh phantom thread but this thing.
3: had period pieces in but it. But, but i mean it's
2: I'm you about guys know
3: she, i make period pieces the genre
2: of the film <laughs> <laughs> renee is what i was talking about
1: not when it took place
3: i'm just waiting for you guys to ask me what my favorite one is like i'm
1: just being. what patient. is your favorite one i was waiting for you to jump John, in after i
3: I, yeah, I was patient. the patient, waiting for the guests to go last. For Hop on cars. Well, mine includes a lot of color and a lot of 5,600 hand-sewn flowers. Okay. Does that give you any clue? The
2: trash one? Midsommar.
3: No, it's actually not the trash one. It is the um, red two black organza dress where she stood on top of the car where it had the drape that said the past on it and they locked um, yeah, the do- they locked the, the doors. Car? Correct. And so it's um, had all the organza which I'm a huge fan of organza to begin with. And then the top of it had this punk rock jacket which had all the trimmings and had the structure so you had the combination of just the contrast of the structure on top And then this flowing and gorgeous... um...
0: That's kind of like another point to this movie, right? Like, the punk rock vibe of it. Like, it kind of captures that, like, 70s... Like, punk is this new thing. It's like the new cool thing. And Cruella's kind of, like, on top of that in their local area, it seems. Like, with her rock concert and her, like... Yeah, she did a rock concert for for (laughs) Grind Out Loud. (laughs) Yeah, which was pretty fucking sweet. Like, that was a good moment. I love that.
3: Well, it's... There's a... Overall, it's definitely Cruella's. The way she comes across is like this punk dominatrix, you know, monster. But there's also this hoktor side of her as well. And over time, she slowly blends them together, and that's that final look of after Estella is dead and the Cruella reemerges at the party and completely just psychologically messes with her as she's, you know, getting taken away. And she's like, well, hold on, you know. <laughs> and she has half of that jacket is haute and soft and silk, and half that jacket is, um, you know, the madness. And she has them blended together in just that perf- perfect symmetry, the black and the white together, just like her hair. And that is um, the symbolism in the end. That she is both sides of her and she braces both sides of Estella and Cruella together. And I really like that at the end where it's showing she embraces both sides and she's not completely, utterly terrible, which at the very beginning she was. I mean, it was about revenge. She was all darkness. She was, you know, a monster. But she doesn't have to be.
1: So do you think they'll take that route for part two, which is Cruella isn't like a completely different story of Cruella wanting to, you know, kill and, you know, make Dalmatians in the jackets. Uh, do you think they'll actually do something much further outside the box?
3: I think it's, I think you are going to take it with her trying to establish and dominate her own empire and how she's going to rise on top and how she's going to, um, you know, thrive to be, you know, this dominating woman. I think it's th- that that rise to power and her wanting that power that she talked about earlier. I think it's th- that storyline.
0: By the end of this movie, she seemingly is there, right? So, she, I mean, she has to be...
3: She's established, but she doesn't have the, um, the label. Like, she's established, but she doesn't have the following. She doesn't have the sales. She doesn't have the, you know... People know who she is, but nobody's buying her shit. (laughs) You know? Like, she has to, like, make the sale. She has to, you know, take over, you know, her biological mother's empire.
2: But, right. She's got to buy out Fox. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. I just, the thing is, like, that's, like, an interesting idea, but these movies just generally don't follow through on, like, interesting ideas like that. You know what I mean? Like, I typically. They're going to try and lean... No, they're
3: going to weave to the left and zank to the they're right. Gonna, well,
2: they're going to lean on... I think they're going to lean more on canon. I really do. I think the next one's going to be... She's going to find a way to start, like, hating the dogs, like, make the dogs in the coast or something. I think it's going to be much more But they reversed
1: it. Why would they do
2: it again? Because they're Disney and they screw everything up. Why would you assume <sighs> they're going to make a good choice? with This is an anomaly.
1: The, the Cruella is... This gonna, is the anomaly is of not, all anomalies. This is the
2: exception that breaks the rule that these live-action films are, like, Terrible. This is like actually an okay. okay Maleficent
3: 2 did go more in line with Sleeping Beauty. Mm hmm not 100% in line, but it was more in step with the story of Sleeping Beauty, more so than the original Maleficent. So I wonder if they're going to take that route.
2: I
1: did not enjoy Maleficent 2.
2: They want canon. They want their own like Disney canon. They're not going to do anything that like flies in the face of anything that like, explicitly happened in 101 in Dalmatians, basically. They want the Disney live action universe. They did nod universe. to
3: 101 Dalmatians with that Um, little teaser at the end. So I think they're going to step in line with it, but not 100% in line. And
2: the other reason why I don't think Cruella 2 will be good, now that we're here, like a big part of why I like this movie so so much too is I went in wanting to hate it, expecting to hate it, just like you, Stevie. Like this comes true so many times where if like someone's hyping up a movie to you, like, oh, it's the best movie ever. Oh, it's the scariest movie of all time. When When you go in and see it, it's like, it always disappoints. But when you're like Cruella... And it's actually like a decent, fun ride. You know what I mean? Like we're all like beaming about this movie because of it.
1: Well, part of me doesn't want them to make it two at all for the simple fact that Wreck-It Ralph 2 exists. And mm. I really, that's a, <laughs> that's a sore subject. For you guys me.
0: always come back to shitting on like a certain set of 10 movies. Dude, <laughs> you bad. don't understand
1: how excited <laughs> I was for that movie. That was Renee's
0: first episode. She gave it a yes. <sighs> no, I remember. Yeah. Controversial take. <laughs>
3: I like to fight these uh, hosts and be the.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta fight the hose. I mean, that's good. Woman out. (laughs) You gotta fight. Um,
3: (laughs) It's what the fans expect from me.
1: I guess what? I guess. um, Do you guys have anything else to add before we get into yes or no's? So when Cruella was still Estella,
0: and she's getting her foot in the door in the fashion industry, she's working at a department store. Her boss is fucking amazing, dude. This guy is mm-hmm. hilarious. He's the worst. He is a fucking cartoon <laughs> character. <laughs> like, banana on your face.
2: Other side. Oh.
0: <laughs> we try to give these wretches a chance, but, you know, breeding. <laughs> breeding. The
1: eugenics guy. Yeah, the...
0: <laughs> I fucking love that, dude. I want to see him in the sequel, man. Like,. <laughs>
1: Well, I also think he was so necessary for the simple fact that, like, I found myself rooting for Cruella that entire time. Like, oh, man, she's going to show him. She's going to show this douchebag. Like, you know, I was rooting for her the entire time she was, like, working there. And I'm with you, Corey. Like, I hated that dude.
0: Yeah. But it's so perfectly, though. You know, like... Yeah. He wasn't, like, boring. He was, like, outrageous. He added to the cartoony nature of this, which... kind of helped us with as things kind of continued with, like, the heist and the more outrageous things that aren't possible in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, These things are peppered in that puts you in this uh, unrealistic universe
1: that works. Um, I have one thing to add, and I'll compliment this film on this fact. This film makes me hate the movie Bohemian Rhapsody even more. (laughs) Um, Why? It's a long story... But, like, this film played what I think is the best Queen song of all time. And for the simple fact that the movie about Queen that was just peppered with Queen songs couldn't play that song is insane to me. What song? Stone Cold Crazy. I think that's the best song that Queen will ever do. So Uh, Disney
3: got the rights to it, but the Queen movie couldn't.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, they also put it in the perfect place when like frantic things were happening after the heist, and it fits perfectly with the car chase. So based on that alone, I'm going to give this movie like a hard, hard yes.
3: Wow, I don't think I've ever got a hard yes on one of the live actions with you before.
1: No, as I said, Mulan almost broke me. I really was going into this about to hate but, it.
0: <laughs> but Stevie, did we get this movie because of Mulan? Like you think? Like in a way? Like Mulan took chances... They were like bad decisions in that movie, ultimately, <laughs> but it did something different. No, than I think they went the to the Maleficent. Was.
3: I went through, I think they went Maleficent route with this. Yeah, realizing that was successful, and then they went back to that formula. It's
1: like I didn't think Maleficent was going to be good at all, and that movie is a banger. Uh, and yeah, Renee, I agree completely. I think they went that formula, knowing this formula works, and I think they pulled this off really well.
0: I haven't seen Maleficent. Is it just like the? Uh, maleficent version of this, like, is it the same thing? Like you get with like those musician biopics, where they're it's... all the same movie.
1: <laughs> um, if, I mean, this is a long shot. You ever seen Wicked? Wick Oh no,
0: The Wizard of Oz thing.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. they're making a movie. I'm so excited.
1: Oh, good. It's um, it's kind of like Wicked. Uh, as I said, like if you've watched Maleficent now you would be like, Oh yeah, Cruella definitely took like this model. You know like they people always say like, Scorsese makes the same like mob movies over and over again. This kind of falls in that line with Disney making anti heroes. Sympathy
2: for the hero or the villain. Right, that's what it's all about. That's what Wicked comes down to as well.
1: Yeah, it's like the the villain story you never got to hear Mm because all you heard was the hero side.
0: Okay, so taking back to the beginning, I'm still hoping for Frollo. Yeah, but Wicked
2: is ugly and CGI (laughs) and like boring looking. You know what I mean? I like, I saw that, like, I've seen Wicked, or not Wicked, sorry. Maleficent. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, no, I'm not trying to get the wicked people after me. Maleficent is ugly
1: and boring <laughs> and like So
3: I was giggling CGI at you, so I okay. will come after yeah. you. Um, Maleficent has really good costume, but the CGI is not the best.
1: To be desired.
0: I know that Maleficent had Rick Baker, so there had to have been some killer practical effects here and there,
2: right?
3: Practical, yes. Wings, yes. The
2: horns on Maleficent. Horns. I don't know. Yeah. It, I don't remember a thing about it, but I remember... I'll remember Cruella for a long time, not just because it was my first time back in theaters, but because it was a fun time back in theaters. This was like one of the perfect movies to come back to. I'm glad A Quiet Place 2. I'm glad Josh refuses to pod A Quiet Place 2 with me because this gives me <laughs> the chance to see a fun movie like this where I can like just chomp on my popcorn and my Sour Patch Kids and my Reese's Pieces and drink my Sprite. That's my go-to meal at the movie theater. <laughs> Jesus. I just have a nice it's a lot of calories. Well, you know, I earned it. I haven't been in a while. I'm looking nice and trim. I need to fatten back up. Uh, but yeah, uh, the tone of this is perfect. Uh, the shot I mentioned the shot where it goes into the basement and you just see like how far down on the pecking order of the fashion industry she is like illustrated by this like one long take shot looks really good. Um, I do have some gripes with the CGI they haven't figured out CGI dogs yet, and that's a big problem with a movie about dogs, ostensibly, uh, right? Or it's going to be about dogs more coming up, I would assume, in the second one. So hopefully they get the dog technology down. But um, yeah, a yes for me, not a hard yes. Uh, I think a lot of our positivity is being buoyed, like I said, by our expectations of just how bad the previous live-action films were. But But a yes for me as well. Yeah, this is Corey.
0: I'm also going to give this a yes. Uh, this is a good time seeing this, a good theater experience uh, with my kid and my wife. And, uh, you know, it, I have been to the movies here and there during the pandemic when available. You know, I saw Minari semi-recently. I saw Tenet. Uh made a, actually a road trip to go see Tenet. But this movie, like, big surprise for me. That's the biggest thing. Like... The trailer, I was like, oh, God, it's the Joker movie. But then again, I make fun of every live action Disney trailer I see because they're so easy to fucking pick apart. You see it and you're like, oh, God, everyone rolls their eyes and then they make a billion dollars. Uh, but this one, er, it, it deserves the billion dollars. You know, these movies make all the money, uh, more power to it, man. Uh, beautiful, really good looking movie and fun. That's it for me.
3: Well, as if it was any surprise that you guys would be Uh, the costumes are going to be a massive fluffy goodness of hard yes for me the story will not be a hard yes but it will be a yes and the little chihuahua in a rat costume does make up for the CGI dogs for me I will say (laughs) that little
0: he's so cute though
3: chihuahua in a rat costume (laughs) is the cutest little thing that I have seen in a while it is adorable, but it, there was there were some you know story moments that um, I just wasn't the craziest in love with. But that's just because um, I'm I'm still in love with you know Disney animated story so heavily that um, yeah. it's hard for me to break from that formula. But I'm glad that the Disney live action formula did improve. In comparison to what we have seen in the past, and um, so it's, it did make my heart full to watch it in theater, and I was very content.
1: Very cool. As I said earlier, I'll give this a hard yes. Um, my biggest gripe with this film is there were a couple of times I was taken out the CGI where I'm like, okay, they're obviously standing in front of a green screen. Uh, there were sometimes it was it was jarring, uh, but other than that, the soundtrack I think really was a sore thing for me i just the way it was almost like you know someone was holding you know an iphone and just shelving through songs and said hey we're gonna go with this this top hit and this top hit and this top hit for the sequel i hope they do a lot more original score and like heavy on composer and um i don't know how to pronounce his name do you guys know who um, ramen uh jawadi is no Mm, no. He's the guy that scores um, he scored a few Game of Thrones uh, pieces that were really famous. It's like the music that plays when Cersei blows up the Sept or um, when Arya stabs like the Night King and everything's falling apart, and, like John screaming at a dragon. Like I think that music for Cruella 2 would fit fantastic, and I hope they go even darker with her character and try to break her even after she's been established as Cruella. I think that would be a really fun place to go for part two. So, yeah, I will give this movie a hard yes. And it's mainly just because, you guys said earlier, how bad, you know, some of the previous live action films have been. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Aladdin and Mulan. Oif. Uh, I want to do a
0: quick thing, if it's cool, before we close out. Yeah. I want to get see if we can do some, like, predictions, right? So, there's a lot of live action Disney movies down the line. Uh, if it's cool with you guys, I want to name one off. And then we'll do a quick roundtable. Yes. You could say if you think it's going to be good or bad. Let's do it. All right. Mm-hmm. So next big one, The Little Mermaid. Bad.
2: Bad. I'm hopeful. No, based good. on bad, casting. Bad and hopeful. Good or bad, Renee? I'm
3: hopeful that it's good. Good. I'm hopeful that it's okay. good. Based on casting.
2: Okay,
0: Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio. Bad. 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 <laughs> no chance on that oh. one at all, huh?
3: It's a hot. It's gonna be a hot mess. Is he doing his dead
0: eye animation for it? <laughs> We've all seen the Benini movie, and we're all <laughs>
2: disenfranchised. <laughs> Renee, that was our favorite of the animated. We did our ranked episode.
1: No hope for Pinocchio. Uh,
3: I don't think he's. I think he's going to go a different direction. I though. think I you're think right. He's gonna be, I think he's going to take it weird.
1: I think you're right. What will they bring back Jonathan
0: Taylor Thomas? <laughs> Next one: Peter Pan and Wendy.
2: Who's, dire- do you know who's directing that?
1: Yeah, Uh, David Lowery. It's live action, yeah. Jude Law's attached.
3: I think it's been done way too much. I think it's just gonna be bad. I don't think you can do it.
1: I'll say
2: bad too, Renee. I'm with you. Yeah.
1: I'll say optimistic.
0: All right, the Mark Webb Snow White movie. Now, Mark Webb, for those that don't know, directed The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man Two.
2: I'm gonna say good those movies are good this movie will be good <laughs> <laughs> i'm obviously kidding the about those here. movies but i don't listen snow white's f- snow white's ripe for yeah i'm gonna say good i gotta say good on one of these i'll say good for this one i
3: don't know i want it to, i want it to be good i think it's gonna be very uh new take on it so yeah i want it to be good
1: stevie did you get an answer i'll say no Guess. that's a that's a tough ask that's a no you're
0: still feeling the ramifications of mulan
1: I, i'm just sorry but the original is uh, it, it's yeah i think that's gonna be a tough topper so yeah i'll say no
0: there is a fuck ton but i'll go with this one as the last one the robin hood you know where he's a fox the robin <gasps> hood live action are they gonna do furry which will probably furry be hood? cg right
2: furry hood <laughs> <laughs> I won't say good or bad, but I'm going to say it's going to, it's going to be the first movie to make a trillion dollars at the box office with all the furries going. <laughs> it's going to be a furry convention every night. Hard yes.
1: I'll say this. Outside of Men in Tights oh. and the Fox Robin Hood, how many good Robin Hood movies have there been? You said outside of Men in Tights? Yes. So that really narrows
0: it down. Yeah. You're, uh, that's let's a- see. Russell Crowe? No. Uh, no. 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 Um, what's, what's the new one that came out? Uh, what the one like with Jimmy Hood? Fox? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's the, um, what's the name? Kevin, uh,
1: Costner, right? Oh, That's he tries record. to do, his tries to do an accent.
3: That came out in like the 96, 95?
1: Yeah. I, uh-huh, yeah. uh that so, was, oof. Ah. Uh, lame. If, if they decide to go dress in costumes, I'm sure it'll be good. If it's just normal people, I'll get. I'd say no. But
3: like the '30s Robin Hood was so good
2: though. <laughs> there's a zero percent chance it's furry costumes, just for the record. But.
3: I have judged a furry costume, and there's so much detail and technical in it. It's amazing, and I want to do it. So I see it so bad.
0: Um, yeah, they gotta have like a glory hole, like a retractable. like... <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, okay, it wasn't that kind of furry costume. It was like a legit like. Beautiful extravagantness, and it was a teenager. So let's get our minds out of that kind of hurry.
2: Corey's just um, all worked <laughs> up from Cruella today. <laughs> one more. <laughs> okay, I, I, have, I have one more uh, of this game Lilo and Stitch. Uh,
1: I was gonna say that. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Bless you.
3: Dude, I think it's that one. So they're gonna go CGI, and they better have a good CGI in that one. But I think it's gonna be, I don't think that's like, gonna if work. they film it in Jurassic Park in Hawaii, it's gonna be good. I
2: think it's gonna be terrible. I think it's gonna be literally the worst of these that we've. They can about. film it
3: in Lost in Hawaii. I don't care. It's just in Hawaii. Let's do it.
2: I think they gotta know not to fuck with some of the
1: movies, and that's one of them, you know? Pat, did I give that my number two or number three Disney movie of all time?
3: You ranked it pretty high. I think it was two. Yeah. I think
1: it was two, too. I... You and
3: I both had like the weird number twos that nobody else agreed with us on.
1: I think Lilo and Stitch animated is an absolute masterpiece, and the music is a big part of that. Uh, and I think kind of just the the joyfulness of that movie is going to be really hard, hard to capture live action.
3: Which is why I think they have to do it in Hawaii.
1: Well, yeah, and I just think, uh, oof, I, I think that movie's going to be awful. I'm, I hope it's amazing, because how much I love that movie, but... I think awful.
2: Here's my follow up prediction. They're gonna the fir- when the first look releases, everyone's gonna freak <laughs> they're out. They're gonna redo at the way it. Stitch looks, yeah. I think I have to redo them at the last minute.
3: And the CGI fit- <laughs> firm is gonna get canceled, and they're gonna have. It's to It's gonna to be redo a it.
2: huge Twitter
0: scandal <laughs> when this happens. Yep. It's gonna be a Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Do
1: you guys want some trivia or no? Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, man.
3: Is it about Cruella?
1: I can make it about Cruella.
3: Oh, you weren't going to do gorilla trivia?
0: You can write your trivia on the fly? Yeah, why not? I was not expecting trivia tonight. This is
1: exciting. Let's do it. All right. Let me figure something out real quick then.
3: I got (laughs) to give you guys trivia. I did some research.
1: You want to do trivia? Yeah.
3: No, I was going to ask you guys. I was going to ask. No, I said I would have been ready if you had Uh, (laughs) asked me. Let's see here. Okay, I have a trivia. Which designer um, was used for the inspiration at the black and white ball for the red gown?
2: Coco Chanel.
1: Nope. Edna Mode. (laughs) No.
3: (laughs) I appreciate that one.
2: Ralph Lauren. You guys are using all the good ones. I'm going to exhaust literally all of them that I know.
3: (laughs) Alexander McQueen.
2: Naturally. Oh, I was so close. Oh,
3: so close on that one.
2: <laughs> Who's the one who also directs films? Who did uh, Tom Ford? Tom Ford, with Amy Adams.
3: Uh, which designer was based on um, Estelle's outfits?
2: Coco Chanel. No. Ralph Lauren. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs>
3: It's Vivian Westwood
2: Stevie do you have a trivia because this Renee's trivia is too hard It's so hard no
3: <laughs> It's actually not the hard you guys
1: I was going to try to do it but I feel like ageism would get in the way
3: At the original so. mall Where um, The mother dies Which historical figure Are most of the people dressed after
2: Mary Antoinette Correct Can you give me one where the answer is Coco Chanel please <laughs> No <laughs>
3: I won't because you are already primed and ready.
0: What do you get if you mix a chocolate breakfast cereal
2: oh, Okay with <laughs> <laughs> Perfume Wait, what? Yeah, perfume. There it is <laughs> Count Chocula de Joe Aqua de Joe Count <laughs> Chocula Aqua de Joe. <laughs> Nailed it
1: Okay, hold on. I'm almost there. I almost got it ready
3: Which individual is Estelle's friend based off of? Which friend? The one she meets that's the owner of the second-hand store.
0: David Bowie. I knew that one. I
3: forgot his name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they're the French, the chief, friend. you know.
3: <laughs> Do they even say his name at all during, like, the whole movie?
2: I don't think so.
0: Sparingly. What is it?
3: Oh, it's Artie.
0: Oh, yeah. As in
1: art, as in a work of. Mm, yeah. Okay, guys, this is closest to... Okay. okay. I want you guys to add up the ages of Emma Stone, Mm. Emma Thompson, Mm. Glenn Close. Oh boy. That's not gonna be very close. And subtract how many 101 Dalmatians have names in the original (laughs) movie. Sorry, so Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Am I
3: allowed to use Google?
1: Plus Emma, no. No, Renee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is trivia. So Good Lord. Emma T- Emma Stone plus Emma Thompson plus Glenn Close Minus the 101 Dalmatians that have names in the animated movies. The animated movie, the original animated movie.
3: Not the sequels that nobody watches.
1: Not the sequels that nobody watches. Alright.
2: 155. Fuck. Um 100
1: and Hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, hold on. Okay.
2: God bless him. Gives me more time. That was, that was very close to what my guess was going to be.
1: Corey says 155. Renee says... 123. 123? Yeah. 123 Dalmatians.
2: 142.
1: 142, says Pappy. Retail price comes in at... Emma Stone is 32 years of age. Yes. Emma Thompson 62 years of age. Whoa. Glenn Close. Oh, she's old. 72 years of age. Coming out to a well. grand total of 166. Oh, no. Now, how confident are you guys in your uh, in your
0: Dalmatians? None at all. Not confident. Not. I haven't seen that movie since I was nine.
1: Oh, Bubba's... Okay, well, I can tell you now that there are seven oh, dogs that have names. They come out to Pongo, Perdita, Patch, Lucky, Rolly, Penny, and Freckles.
3: I think it was just the original mm-hmm. ones that Pongo and Purdy had, that had names.
1: Yes, it was. So that comes out to a grand total of 159, making Corey our Holy winner. you so close, Ooh. so close, Glenn Close.
3: See, I thought Glenn Close was younger, and I think that's why I was went lower.
1: Yeah, because of that, Corey gets to tell our audience what we have coming down the line. Let's see, what do we have coming down the line? Still <laughs> <feel laughs> playing this game. <laughs>
3: Good thing I'm not telling you
1: this. <laughs> we got
0: a bunch of Patreon requests that we don't know what they are yet. A bunch. A bunch. So you can expect Big those. movies, too. Big, I'll tell you this, though. Movies. We got some Tarantino movies coming down the line. I'm not going to be specific, but we got two major Tarantino movies that I think are going to be really awesome episodes, ultimately. So that's what we got coming down the line. Is that good enough for you?
1: That sounds great. And remember, folks. If you don't have the Patreon app yet, please get it. It's going to be our biggest form of communication. They have a great interface. And no, we're not getting paid to even say this. It just makes life so much easier. And also, if you're in your car or you're in home... Actually, not if you're in your car, because you're going to have your hands on the wheel. But if you're at home or mowing the lawn or whatever you're doing, give a round of applause and a clap to Josh, Corey, and Pappy for how much editing that they do... And how they're able to get episodes, you know, out on time while having full-time jobs and a life on their own. So, thank you guys, really. Uh, also, thank you, Pixie Bomber, a.k.a. Renee, for coming on. It's been so long, so thank you. It has
3: been three months, exactly.
1: Too long. Oh, Is there anything- oh, I know. Oh, Way too long. In the
3: Heights,
2: Pixie. In the Heights with Stevie and I. Yeah, of course.
3: Obviously, yes. Always. yes, yes,
1: yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Lupin Manuel Miranda. What about Luca? Lucas, Lucas oh. coming out soon. I'm biting Adds my lip right Pixar now. to our Pixar list.
1: <laughs> You're biting your lip. Oh, in the are we doing in the heist next week that weekend then? As soon as
2: possible. Well, whenever you can.
1: Yeah, next weekend works perfect. God bless America. Corey, take us out.
0: All right. So I get to take us out. That means I get to say something. And I just want to take a quick moment to talk about Anchor. Mm. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor, fuck them. (laughs) Fuck Anchor. What is Anchor? (laughs) Anyway, take it away, Spoiler Man.
2: Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll. Brother Brian. Ruid King, Nick. Do you, is the uh, moth dress on display there too or no No, just
3: just the uh just the uh, flame dress.
2: Corey, why is Steve trying to duck me?
0: <laughs> I, I it's funny, man. Like <laughs> that really worked. It really worked. Well, but I have a quick question before we talk about that. Which dress are you talking about, Renee?
3: The gala, the black and white gala, the flame. Dress.
2: The one she buys in the store from the guy who looks like David Bowie
3: lit on fire. Oh, okay. Oh, the one she lit on fire. lit on fire into a flame, and yeah. it resembles a flame. Yeah,
2: Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I like that. She's like, Yeah, it's yours.
0: Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I I texted Steve a screenshot of what you said, and like he responded <laughs> quickly, which is like very rare for him. He said, "Tell Pappy I'll do it Fourth of July weekend if he's eager to be recorded losing this ridiculous debate."
1: it is a boring movie i think he'd
0: want the additional time to avoid the spanking hell i'll do it sunday he's the one who needs quote at least two weeks of prep well first of all there's no way i can do it sunday all right well he's just gonna be like (laughs) he's gonna
2: probably declare victory do you guys have the
3: new picks are going to be in the shoot too
2: and second of all, it's not that I need two weeks of prep; it's that I produce a podcast, so I just need to make sure that I have episodes and things lined up, so I can like spend time getting ready to do another podcast and not be made a fool of. So no, the hmm. hardest thing—I'm not about like sitting watching Void Runner for this. two weeks. The, you're experiencing it now. This
0: is the, what's Steve is a great podcaster, but this is the hard part scheduling anything with him. This is your uh, Steve is a member of Big Dumb Movie
2: Podcast, which is my uh.
3: podcast.
2: He's never been a guest on Spoilers, actually. Oh. Too hard to get. Mm-hmm. No. Hey, dude,
3: dude, Patty. Wait, hey, Renee. Patty.
1: Yeah, you sound kind of <laughs> choppy. Is it anybody else, or is it just me? No, she sounds choppy. You sound a
2: little bit choppy, Renee. Am I?
3: Yeah,
2: it's like uh... maybe like reconnect your mic or rejoin the call or something
3: because so I got I have nothing on my um, wi fi, but I'll rejoin,
2: yeah.
0: Okay, so not this weekend, not 4th of is July. Is it still weekend, the argument
1: right? though? Is is Blade Runner a boring movie?
2: Uh, well, i still want to do is Will Smith a good actor, but I'll take the Blade Runner one, yeah. Um, well, what, what's it's, it's the argument?
1: Blade is is he like so? Is he capable of being a good actor or, or is he a good actor in all those <laughs> no, movies? That's not though, what we're doing uh do you have hijack rolling by the way yeah okay
2: good i'm back on because i want steve to hear this i don't think he listens to podcasts (laughs) i'll clip this and really (laughs) i don't know well
3: i mean listen to your guy's podcast
2: anytime after the fourth of july I okay
0: it'll have to be august then i'll text him now
2: can't wait yeah, I'm trying to like put out two podcasts and record one podcast by Sunday. There's no possible way I could get ready for a debate, too. What's the Come debate on, though? The topic is Blade
1: Runner. Is, is Blade it boring? I don't understand how it's a debate. Not that it's bad. No. Not that it's like, like there will be blood. I'm sure. Like, is a good movie, but it's still boring as hell.
0: I don't think Blade Runner is boring, but I'm going to keep my opinion completely out of it doing
3: what? Black Widow and then um,
1: Luka? I'm going to get killed in the comments, by the way.
2: Everyone's going to be like, Blade Runner's not boring. That guy
1: just does it. Oh, is it stuff. the bright colors and the non wooden oh. acting that excites you?
2: But I'm going like, to let God be the judge. No one else. <laughs> I <laughs> oh think, God, I think I'm the only one debate. that gave
1: Blade Runner a no when we did it. I thought you guys all gave it no's. Oh, I liked it. No, everybody gave it a yes except for me. I like
2: boring movies, that doesn't mean I don't like it, but there are boring movies that I like and Blade Runner is one of them. 2001 A Space Odyssey is boring. It's a good movie.
3: I mean, if the movie is boring, I
2: might fall asleep. Ooh, Renee, you're giving me good
1: arguments right now. Blade Runner is a great sleepy time movie.
3: I mean, there are some movies, if the story is boring enough, I will fall asleep during it. I'm not
1: going to um, see you. Terminator, so what
3: movie was that? Termi- the newest Terminator? I fell asleep in the middle of the theater.
1: Dark Fate?
3: Yeah, I fell asleep.
1: I, rem- I The first time and I ever tried... And then I woke tried... up and they
3: were still in the helicopter. <laughs> I missed nothing.
1: <laughs> I remember the first time I ever tried watching Blade Runner was in college, and I did fall asleep. It took me like three times to attempt that movie and actually get through it.
3: What other movie? Um, Justice League. I fell asleep during that twice.
2: I fell asleep in the theater watching Zach Shazam.
3: Zack Snyder's, Zach
2: Snyder's Justice League. I fell asleep. during Shazam? That's a good and movie. I was, I was so asleep <laughs> that I was asleep until the credits were done and the lights were on and the usher had to wake me up as he was Can't like. can you have me go
3: with you and babysit you? <laughs>
2: No, was like, it was like, I think it was like a weeknight. Like, I went at like an 8 o'clock show and I was like trying to like watch it to like maybe podcast or something. I don't even remember, but didn't make can it. Can you
1: imagine what was rolling through his head thinking you died? Have hmm. well, Bobby, weren't
3: you in the theater for this movie? Uh,
1: yes, I was.
3: I thought I saw it in your review. Okay.
2: I can talk about that too.
3: Okay. I just want to make sure.
2: Felt good to be back. I just
3: want to make sure you mentioned that it, because it's the first time you've been back. In case you weren't going to mention it, I think you should.
2: Stevie, do you have a spoiler?
1: You know me, Pap. I've been wrecking my brain all day, and I cannot think of one. I got one. You got one? Te- Text. To shoot, shoot it me. over to me. You my don't phone.
3: have one, there's 47 d- costumes in Emma Stone alone, you guys. So I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not a traditional spoiler. It's more of like a fact, but I like it.
3: You can, I mean, you guys can you roll in the it. number of it's, Yeah, it's how you sell it.
2: There's 47 costumes on Emma Stone alone.
3: Uh, Emma Stone did actually, they did dress, they got, they, she's in her kitchen. Uh, they were getting her costumes already in her kitchen, so somehow you can work in some weird shenanigans that way. I don't know.
1: There's some weird shit in this movie.
2: Stevie, did you like the spoiler Kylo sent you?
1: Well... <laughs> I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. Well,
3: tell me, run it by me. If it makes yeah. me giggle, then we're yeah. good.
0: Kylo, is this a request or a spoiler? Um, let me give you
1: context. Okay, thank you.
3: It's or not you in the chat, She's uh-huh. leaving Pixie out of it. So,
2: Jackal. Oh, oh, I got. A- ooh I had one too, incorporating Pixies. Here, I'm just gonna say it for the hijack. Emma Stone has 47 costumes and only one of them is trash. This is spoilers. I approve, I
3: approve, I approve. It's all
2: about how you sell it. Yeah, so do I got all the
1: music ready, so I'm, I'm gonna try and edit it tonight. Are we, dude? I think we're not gonna be able to post it if you have all the music jacked up.
2: What do you mean?
1: I mean,. Got to play it quietly. I know this movie cost two hundred million. I think hundred and eighty million of it was music.
3: It's all in the copy. Yeah. I told you you like the music, Pappy. I texted you. The first thing I said was you like the music.
1: Dad, radio. <laughs> I like the music. Well, say I'll, uh, I'll say it. okay. that.
3: It's like the first text message I sent him. You're gonna like in the music oh, for Corey, this.
1: Corey, do you do a good impression of what you sent me? <laughs> I do not. Can you do it? <laughs> oh, come on. I can't do oh. that impression.
2: Yes, you can, Stevie.
1: No, because I, I'd never try it because I don't can. like that movie.
2: I don't know what movie it even is, but I know you can do it. Oh, God damn. Believe. <sighs> I'll laugh no matter this what. sounds
3: gross. What are you trying to do? <sighs>
1: uh, a-
3: Just try to make Renee laugh. That's all you want to do with life.
1: I've been basically a meme you. gave me a meme. And I've never tried that voice before.
2: (laughs) I I made Renee clap, so. You can make Renee laugh. I guess that's a start. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: all right. I'm going to LaCroix one second.
1: Okay. God damn
3: it. Are you trying to like quote something off of a meme?
1: No, it's a movie that I don't like which is
0: also a meme like this you'll see you'll see
1: all right I'm back. i mean it'd be a great instagram for like when we like we drop this movie test
2: test 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 test
0: sorry <laughs> you want me to do it stevie
1: yes please all right i'll, yeah! I'll do it
0: but then you got to take it over after i do it
1: all right you just do the spoiler this is spoilers then I'll take the rest from there. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> ghost
2: right. ride the car, and Stevie will take. Ghost,
1: ghost ride the whip, and then I'll take over. All right,
2: I can count since this, this is a two-man spoiler. Everyone ready for? Very rarely year?
1: will I deny an impression, but this is one I won't do.
2: <laughs> now you got recording too, right?
3: Uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention because I wasn't sure we were ready yet. But I am totally, um, and I even right. have. I don't have my. My my ears down like you bitched at me before and it was successful.
2: i never bitched at you ever. Actually, it's the
3: most successful advice you've ever given me.
2: I've never. Well, okay. I gave you guidance as like a mentor. That's what you're saying. Like, I'm kind of like a hero. Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's perspective. You told a woman what to do.
2: Well, let me mansplain podcasting to you right now. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Three. Two, one, go. That was spoilers.